I, I think like you were saying the soccer players there is no one soccer player body right there is no one you know body that means you're going to be fantastic at mm-hmm. the sport and I think body diversity is just so cool because imagine how boring it would be if we lived in a society where everyone looked exactly the same if everyone had the same body Hello everyone, that was Caroline Christian, an eating disorder therapist and body image educator. And I'm Julianne Dietz, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. In this episode, we're speaking with Caroline Christian about the insecurities everyone feels about their own bodies in regards to how they look and perform and how we can build our body confidence through radical acceptance and creating a culture that celebrates body diversity. I met Caroline through her work, The Body Project, a group-based intervention that provides a forum for high school and college-age females to confront unrealistic appearance ideals and develop healthy body image and self-esteem. The Body Project, which Caroline helped research, develop, and implement, has repeatedly been shown to effectively reduce body dissatisfaction, negative mood, unhealthy dieting, and disordered eating. In addition to her professional work, Caroline has been a competitive tennis player and has seen firsthand how being a young athlete can have both a positive and negative impact on body image. She has incredible insights to share with our listeners about what impacts our body image and how we can create a healthy body image culture with our teammates. Ultimately, I think this is such an important topic, and I hope this episode sparks some really healthy conversations about body image and how we can support each other on and off the field. But don't take my word for it. Elizabeth, what do you think? Everything that Caroline said made so much sense. I think I have a better understanding about how our body image can impact how we feel about ourselves and how we perform on the field. I'm going to listen to this one again with my friends. Follow some of the recommendations for building a healthy body image. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. Before we get started, I just want to say that this is a great episode to listen to with your parents or another trusted adult because you might have some questions and they can help you find some answers and resources. We've also linked to Caroline's recommended resources in our show notes, so please check those out as well. Coaches, this is a wonderful episode to help you start to build a healthy body image culture with your team. We've included Caroline's recommended team activities in our show notes. If you have any questions, be sure to send us an email or a comment. All right, let's get started. Today, we are so incredibly lucky to have Caroline here to discuss body image for girls soccer players and why it is so important for overall well-being and can actually improve athletic performance. So thank you so much for joining us, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. So first, Caroline, I think for some of our listeners, it would be helpful just to kind of have a sense for what is body image. Yeah, so body image is just a term for how we think and feel about our bodies. 
So we might be familiar with hearing people say that they have bad body image, which usually just means that they have a lot of negative or harsh thoughts about their body or feel unhappy with the way their body looks or feels. And I think something that's not always talked about enough is that body image can fluctuate a lot just for one person. I might look in the mirror one morning and put on an outfit that I like and feel really cute or content with my body. And then later in the day, I might look in the mirror and notice that I'm being really critical about the way that I look. And a lot of times we don't even notice or think about our body because we're busy doing other things. Yeah. Um, we might just feel neutral about it. And so these types of fluctuations that we have in body image are totally normal. That's really helpful. And that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, having grown up as a soccer player, I can definitely say that body image is something I wish we had talked more about. Mm -hmm. I know my team was really mixed about um, how we talked and felt about our bodies. For me, I definitely had my insecurities, even, you know, not just about how my body looked, but how my body performed sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, as an athlete that is really important. And so I definitely had some insecurities, but really being an athlete made me feel really strong, capable and powerful. But I do know, you know, having played all the way through college, that some of my friends and teammates really struggled with how they felt about their bodies. And for some, it even caused them some serious issues, like not taking care of their nutritional needs and giving themselves the rest and recovery that they needed, which, you know, can result in injuries or poor performance and just not feeling good. It, it just decreased their confidence and decreased how they really felt. And so... I don't know if I, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah. Yeah. Body image is really impacted by athletics. I think as an athlete, there's sometimes a lot of pressure to fit into this ideal mold for your sport, like looking how a pro athlete looks. So like there's a stereotype that gymnasts are really short or that basketball players need to be really tall. And this is really hard because just like other aspects of body image, we can't change our height to fit our sport. Yeah. And on the flip side, athletics can also be really good for body image. You know, playing a sport, like you said, can be really empowering because your body gets stronger and better at your sport every time you practice or go to a game. And instead of focusing on what our body should look like, we can focus on what our body can do. Like in soccer, for example, you have to be able to run a lot to cover yeah, the field. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And so you might think, you know, I'm so thankful for my strong legs um, for helping me get through this practice instead of, oh, I wish my legs were smaller. And so that really can help us appreciate those muscles and how our body is powerful. But, you know, also kind of like you were saying, there are some behaviors that can come out of sports that can be really dangerous. And so, you know, for example, disordered eating is really common among young girls that play sports. As you're trying to fit into this very specific body mold that we see in the media or pro sports or at school, some people might ex uh, resort to using extreme behaviors to change their body into something that it doesn't want to be. So it can be really common for young girls to not eat or drink enough in order to try to be thin like their favorite movie star or pro athlete. This is super dangerous when you're an athlete because you need even more food to fuel the workouts and the drills that make you better at your sport. And so if you're not getting enough fuel, you're at danger of passing out or getting dehydrated or getting injured. Also, as a, a teenager, you're still growing. And so you need a lot of fuel to make your brain and your bones and your organs develop. So not eating enough can make it harder to focus in school, make you more anxious or depressed, 
work clause long-term damage to your body. For example, there's a condition called osteoporosis, which is a disease when your bones get holes in them and they become weak and brittle and easier to break. So osteoporosis occurs most often in, in um, adults that are over 80 years old, but it can occur in teenagers and young women who don't get enough nutrients to solidify your bones when you're young and growing. So if you're trying to play soccer and you got holes in your bones, you know, there's a lot yeah. more risk there. It sounds really, yeah, it can be really dangerous, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the one thing that happens for teenagers that can make it really hard is there's just so much going on with your body at that time. So really mm-hmm. making sure you fuel yourself and you take care of yourself, you rest, you recover, you eat, you hydrate is so incredibly important. But I, you know, we're having worked with teens and tweens. I know that like the timing even for young, you know, young teens or middle teens, like growth spurts can be really different for everybody, especially during puberty. And that can have an impact on body image. So I I can think of an example, like someone that maybe grows earlier, right, that goes through puberty or they're just going to be a bigger, taller person. This that can be great depending on the sport, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it can make them feel more self conscious at school because maybe they're bigger than their peers, or vice versa. We talked with Lauren Malay, who's a, you know a smaller sized professional women's player, and she talked about how she had always felt you know confident even though she's a smaller player, mm-hmm. but kind of having a sense of you know, that my body can still do amazing things no matter how it's built and what it looks like. And I think that's one of the really cool things about soccer is that if you look at soccer players, men and women, um, if you look at the U.S. women's national team, right, there are players of all different sizes, right? They all have different strengths and some can run for a really long time and some are fast and some are steady and some have strength, some are tall and some are small. If we look at that, that can really help us. Mm-hmm. I do think that something that's a little more challenging that young female athletes have to deal with today that I didn't have to deal with is that there's so many more images and so much more talk about athletes' bodies where I didn't see that as much because there wasn't any social media. So Mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit about how social media and just the media in general has impacted body image in general for our society and specifically for athletes too? Yeah, yeah. Social media absolutely plays a super big role. You know, if you are following a lot of accounts where these influencers have the very perfect body type, we're only projecting this really beautiful, streamlined, maybe even photo edited image, then that's what it feels like is out there. That's what you want to look like. That's who you want to be. It's really aspirational um, by nature to, you know, influencers are here to influence you to want something. That's how they make money and they sell things. So um, I think that could be really hard for young folks to to see these people who seem so perfect on social media and then to see your own life and see the, the dirty nitty gritty of your everyday um, and feel like it's not matching up to, to what you see or what you want to be. But there's also, I think, now even growing movements to be more authentic on social media. Yeah, I have noticed that. People posting less filtered pictures or pictures of themselves like Mm -hmm. in the moment. I know when I was playing soccer, right, I'm a sweaty, sweaty mess Mm -hmm. um, and working hard. And um, I think those pictures can be as beautiful as the choreographed, full makeup, posed picture. Yeah. I love some of the pictures that people are just like battling on 
the field making crazy funny faces. I love that. It, it feels so real. And I'm so glad that we've kind of are seeing more of that. I think it can make a really big difference. Yeah. And, yeah, you have so much power, I think, as someone who's using social media to be really intentional about how you use it, right? To And what you consume, like who you follow and who you're friends with and also what you put out there. You know, I'm thinking back to when I was in high school, um, my senior year, we went to state for tennis. And right after we like won our match that meant we were going to state, me and my partner were like sweating and red face. And I was just like screaming in excitement and like jumping on her. And then on social media, I posted like this nice picture of like us like two hours after the match when yeah. we're all like glowing and stuff. But now the, the picture I like like looking back is the one when I was screaming and I was just so excited that I had done this huge thing. And so... I think it's, yeah, it, it's really important to, to recognize that even though it's not perfect, it's those authentic moments are really kind of special. Yes, I agree that real life images not filtered or posed are really the best. Now, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, practicing the celebration of body diversity. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think like you were saying, the soccer players, there is no one soccer player body, right? There is no one, you know, body that means you're going to be fantastic at mm -hmm. the sport. And I think body diversity is just so cool because imagine how boring it would be if we lived in a society where everyone looked exactly the same, if everyone had the same body. That would be just, creepy. <laughs> yeah, it would be like a weird robot society where like we probably have to wear name tags or everyone would be going to these extreme lengths to try and look different and, and to be unique. And so I think it's really cool that like we already live in a society where everyone is unique and we already look different. And especially that people can play the same sport, go to all the same practices and games and your body still look different, you know, no matter how hard we try. And, you know, people are out here trying to look yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, we just can't. So I, I think it can just be really exciting to celebrate some of those differences and, you know, the, the things that you might be critical about yourself, someone else is like, wow, I love that feature that they have. Yeah, that's so I, true. You know, that I look like that. Um, and it, it's also hard, you know, like you were saying, during this time specifically, when your body is changing, all your friends' bodies are changing, and none of that is synced up. So, you know, some people are tall and short and kind of going through these different stages of development. I think that can be really challenging and it can sometimes feel jarring to notice your own body change. And so I think it's sometimes helpful to think about uh, what if your body didn't change? You know, if sometimes you're like, oh, I wish my body would stop changing, but if it stopped changing, you know, you would just be a human with a baby body, you know? <laughs> a human it, with baby body, yeah. yeah you'd be just I like can picture body. that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, do you want to have a baby body? Probably not, unless you know, you are a baby because then your body couldn't get stronger or grow or get better at playing soccer. You wouldn't get to ever look like an adult or be a wise old person. So, you know, I, I think when you're mad at your body for changing, remind yourself that, okay, this is normal. This is what my body needs. So I'm not a giant baby. Um, <laughs> just recognize that those changes are going to get you where you need to go and practice some patience with your body while it's doing its thing. I like that. So practice some patience with your body, especially as you're going through lots of changes. So as we are being patient, can I ask you, what can you do with your friends or your teammates to kind of help create a strong culture around body image? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think in, in general, one of my favorite ways to think about body image is through something we call radical acceptance, which just means that we're going to practice accepting things that we can't change. 
So, um, for example, say you had a math test last week and you didn't do as well on it as you wanted to. You might be really hard on yourself. Like, I wish I studied more, I'm so stupid, or I'm gonna fail on my future math test. You might be having these thoughts and feeling regret and guilt and anger or self-doubt. And so in this situation, radical acceptance would just simply mean saying, I did worse than I wanted to and I can't change that now. So radical acceptance doesn't mean that you're okay with the situation or that you feel great about it. It just means that you're accepting it because the truth is, you know, unless you have a time machine, which if you do, you have to let me know, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to use it. You can go back and redo that math test. And so radical acceptance kind of clears the way for you to move on and focus on what you can control. Like maybe you ask your teacher for help or you do some more practice problems for the next exam. So I guess when when you think about that um, radical acceptance in regards to body image for the performance aspect of it, right? So if I don't have a lot of speed as an athlete, it's accepting like not saying, oh, I wish I was fast as, you mm-hmm. know, the other player. I, you know, I wish I had that. It's really saying, okay, well, I'm not fast. And, mm-hmm. but these are some other things that I can do really well. And this is how I'm going to kind of navigate around that, right? So I'm going to make a better first touch. I'm going to know where all my teammates are. And I'm going to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm in a good position all the time so that I can make up for maybe not being as fast because it's not the most important thing. And I think, does that make sense? Is that right? Yeah. And one of my favorite mantras um, in radical acceptance is control what you can and accept what you can't. So I think a lot of the players have talked about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Manage your controllables. Yeah. So, I mean, you may not have that gene or the genetic predisposition to make your muscle fibers twitch at a certain rate that makes you inherently faster. Uh, But maybe what you can control is that you work on speed during practice or that, like you said, you work on some of these other factors of your game that might make it more effective instead of just like, you know, the things that you can't control is how fast this other girl on your team is, you know, and comparing yourself to her and making yourself feel bad because you don't have that same inherent speed Um, or you can't control how hard someone else is working. But what you can control is that you root for them and you work together. So I think that's kind of the idea. It's not that we just like give up. It's just that we're, we're focusing on the things that are in our power rather than the things that aren't in our power, like the length of our legs or, um, you know, how much inherent genetic ability we have in a certain area. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think what I remember as a player is that regardless of, you know, what ability or what I maybe wanted to look like. I, I remember always wanting to be like an inch taller for some reason. I I know that there were other players and other friends who wished they had something that I had. And so like kind of just accepting and talking about it together and building each other up and, mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, everyone knew what their real strengths were to focus on our strengths as a team and as individuals could really help us to have a positive sense of who we were as athletes and who we were as people. And so I think that's kind of another layer of radical acceptance, like kind of making a community that supports each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it really is, you know, if you think about your friends in your life, think about why you're friends with them. Um, Are you friends with them because they have a specific body type? No, no, no. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and so they're probably not friends with you because you have a specific body type. Um, you know, I usually pick my friends if they're funny or trustworthy or um, if we laugh a lot or, you know, if they're there for me during hard times. And so I think, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in some of these surface level things because we're so nitpicky about ourselves. But I think once you take that step back and you think about your community and the people in your life, you realize that they don't really even think about or notice some of those things that you're critical about. And also I have a list of things that I can share or link hopefully that has a lot of ways that um, you like can work with your friends and your team to build better body image because it really is something that is stronger with community. So in addition to like some things you can do on your own, you know, just kind of setting up systems or activities that are part of your regular routine with your friends can make it more of just like a lifestyle. Cool. So before, um, we will definitely link in our show notes to some suggestions and resources. I think it would be great to work on body image as a teen. So before we go, there's just two things I was thinking that we could talk a little bit about. I was wondering if you could, if you have an example of like a small activity that a group of players could do together, maybe to just start the conversation or to do something fun that might help support body image? Yeah, I think really unique to each team and and what kind of your environment looks like and what can be helpful. But really making your space, your locker room or your, you know, training facilities, a, a space that empowers you where you feel comfortable to talk about things that are hard, where you feel comfortable to call each other out if you hear one of your friends being negative about their own body or about someone else's. Just make that the norm. You know, I love that idea. I think that's yeah. great. So my last question is really important. Sometimes people can have real challenges when it mm-hmm. comes to body image, when it comes to nutrition and health and eating disorders. And so really? if you are if you are really worried about a friend, right, you should talk to another adult about it, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to someone that you trust. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to note that eating disorders um, or disordered eating rarely just goes away on its own. Sometimes we just like, oh, it's just a phase, you know, they'll outgrow it or, you know, maybe they're just, you know, trying to be healthier. But it, it usually is something that continues to get worse and helping and supporting someone with an eating disorder is easiest and most effective the earlier on that you are catching it. And so, you know, if you have those concerns, if you're feeling hesitant, just this is a reminder that a lot of times that professional support is necessary and super helpful to getting that eating disorder to go away and helping your friend or loved one or whoever it is live their best life. So, um, yeah, it, it can definitely be challenging, but it is super worth it and future them when, you know, even if they may not appreciate in the moment, yeah, um, will definitely appreciate that, that support. I think what I'm taking from this is that we can make a difference. We can make a difference individually by talking positively about our bodies, by noticing our strengths, by being excited about how we grow and how we change. And then as a community, we can embrace each other. We can support each other. We can kindly call each other out when we notice kind of unhealthy habits or unhealthy talk. And then we can look at how, what are the things in our media, in our society that are pro-body image, are pro-health, and what are the things that are negative, and how do we focus on the things that are positive and recognize that the unhealthy things aren't actual reality, and they're kind of a fabrication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's 
I think it's one of those things where body image is never going to be perfect. I don't know anyone. I'm an eating disorder therapist. And I don't know anyone, even my co-eating disorder therapist, that wake up feeling great and they love their body and everything's perfect. But it's really just trying to, yeah, optimize your community and your environment and uh, change how you're responding to yourself when you're having a hard body day and really just being intentional about what you're doing, even, even during times when it's extra hard. Okay. That's great. And so my challenge, I think, to our listeners is to take some time and to look at the resources that we have on our show notes on our website and to really think about how you can be positive towards yourself and how you can be really positive and a leader in your community when it comes to body image because I think we can all make a difference. Okay, Caroline, thank you so much. I really appreciate your expertise and your time. Um, and we're so excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is like my favorite topic to talk about ever. So I'm just so excited that you have this podcast so that more young girls are going to get to learn and talk about it. Great, thank you. All right, thank you all so much for listening. And remember, if you like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting shedreamsandgoals.com. Follow us on Instagram at shedreamsandgoals. And most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals, LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals, LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.